Denise Lynch here coming to you from the heart of the Galisteo Village in New Mexico. I'm here at Quartermill Gallery, the physical home of Radio Free Galisteo. This fall, we celebrate our legacy by bringing to you some sounds of the desert. My late mother, Priscilla Hoback, also known affectionately as the queen of all mediums, left behind several collectible pieces of her artwork, including some short stories and a book about her beloved Galisteo. Today I'm reading a selection from that book, entitled, Galisteo's Shaman. In the desert that surrounds Galisteo Village, there is little water, poor soil, and plenty of room for a mind to wander. Often I think of the village as an idea or even a mirage, not made of winding dirt roads or houses built of mud and vigas that have stood for over three centuries. Nothing so solid as that. It is more likely built with the dreams of those who made their lives here people with imagination and magical powers. Some are healers. They treat the maladies of the local residents, as well as the strangers who come here hoping for a cure. Acupuncture treatments are available to those who are willing and not afraid of needles. Oriental diets, disciplines are discussed and carefully followed. No red meat, no bread, no sugar, and of course, no wine. Colonics are encouraged. There's a Qigong center just outside of the village. Students come from all over to study with a master. Emails and a bulletin thumbtacked on the notice board by the mailboxes advise yoga lessons. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, one can choose from several teachers. Massage treatments are arranged with one phone call. A clinician will even lug the massage table from her car to your bedroom. Some living here practice more exotic disciplines. Astrologists, numerologists, and tarot card readers. There is one past life soul retriever. For a price, all offer healing, help, or training. Healing may be the oldest art practiced in Galisteo. A curandero traveled with the priests and the early settlers who came here 300 years ago. Their descendant, now the local culandero, walks the basin and finds the wild herbs he needs for healing and ritual. He picks them at dawn during the proper quarter of the moon. And then there is a shaman. The shaman, trained by ancient ones, follows a tradition that began with the dawn of time. Now she practices this craft in Galisteo. She lives by herself on the edge of the desert. Just outside her back door lies the Ortiz mountain range. This rugged environment is home to mountain lions, bobcats, and all manner of wildlife. It is a primal place. She will summon her guiding spirits from their hidden canyons and dry arroyos. Coyote will come from there. So will the two ravens who follow him. Tonight the shaman will hold a ceremony for three professional women who have come from the East Coast to journey and work with her. They are seated comfortably, supported by well-worn pillows on a long wooden couch beside the blazing fireplace. Nervous laughter punctuates their conversation. This is something I always wanted to try. I heard about her from several friends who came here. They told me that she knows what she's doing, and more importantly, she is discreet. This weekend opened up, so here we are. The shaman shivers as she moves a little closer to the fire. Flames are reflected in her hazel eyes. She drapes the thick wool shawl tightly around her shoulders. It is turning cool, and she is even thinner than she was last winter. The fire flickers, the room fills with shadows. It is doubtful her clients will ever see Coyote or the ravens. They have not learned to be familiar with spirits. That knowledge may come later. During the night, her clients will be encouraged to relax, follow the music, and eat small handfuls of a potion the shaman prepared for them. 
Coyote watches carefully. He is intensely interested in the changes of perception that ingesting jaguar medicine brings forth. The rumbling of distant thunder can be heard as an ancient ceremonial bowl of jaguar medicine is passed around. The clients take a small handful and carefully taste it. It is bitter in their mouth. Not like the sweet corn soup the shamans served them when they first arrived. This light meal will have to sustain them throughout the night. Hear the rain. Rain in the desert is a blessing, chants the shaman as lightning flashes across the sky. They all wait for her signal. Yes, she nods to First Raven. Begin. Flute music floats to the cedar trees and then on to the nearby hills where the Arroyo Los Abuelos leads to the abandoned Pueblo. Sweet sounds reach the mystical mountain range and then up to the gathering clouds. As music covers the Ortiz Mountains, coyotes begin to sing. His song celebrates the rising moon now hidden by heavy clouds. The shaman whispers quietly, the clients are floating. Buoyed on an ocean of animal voices and alien sounds, they hear words so wise their souls rush forth. Through the unknown night they search the shadows for love. Lie back down, the shaman gently whispers. It is best if you do not walk around. Focus your attentions. You are safe here. She carefully tends the fire, selects the music that will carry them through their journey. When they go home, they will be pleased to find the night conversations recorded on their iPhones. All their questions and the shaman's answers are there. Convenient to revisit whenever they want. Only the thunderclaps that tore through the sky that night are absent on their recordings. Early the next morning, the clients shake out their blankets and hurry to catch a plane home. No time for breakfast. They have another adventure to share with friends. The stormy night in Galisteo may take more time to assimilate than they think. Later that morning, the shaman naps and her dreams are of frog songs. She wakes and hears frog songs. She carries wood to feed the fire and cooks breakfast for herself. The sky is clearing, but the desert trails are still unusually muddy. No walk today. Someone is knocking at her door. Coyote smells frog and remembers he too is ready for breakfast. He pricks his ears. Who could that be knocking, knocking? Our shaman does not like visitors to just drop by. They should call her first. Now her morning is interrupted. Reluctantly, she goes to the door. Squatting there down on a wooden threshold is a small frog-like creature. His large, round eyes stare up at her. She considers his gaze. I think I may know him. He appears to be a jungle frog, a cousin to my friend the horned toad. Perhaps I first saw him in my dreams. His skin is brightly colored with jewels, and his feet have sharp claws for climbing trees. He does not belong here in this endless desert. The little frog is trying to come inside. The wooden door is swollen with moisture and difficult to open. Oh, just let him in, suggests Coyote, always looking for an easy meal. The little frog sees him and quickly croaks from the threshold. Let me in, let me in. The shaman hesitates. She feels something in the shadows behind her. No one is there, no one is watching. Thunder echoes in the mountains. She wonders, could this frog be a thunder being? Thunder beings are harmless, but they do have the ability to sway others to their will. What could they want from me? She bends down to take a closer look at her visitor. She extends her hand. Suspiciously, the frog eyes the heavy gold ring she wears on her middle finger. 
It is a gift from Grandmother Jaguar to remember secrets given to her during her naming ceremony. The frog moves closer to her ring. He listens to the whispers that float round and round her finger. He hesitates a moment before he hops into her hand. He moves up to her face, smelling her hair, whispering words in her ear. She feels an irresistible urge to draw him closer. Her glasses become clouded, her shirt rumpled. With one forefoot extended, he gently strokes her cheek. Her lips begin to quiver as her will weakens. Events overtake her. She murmurs to him, Little frog, what is it you want? Magical events require boldness. Now is the time. With a croaky voice, he answers, Let me stay with you after the mud is gone, after the desert dries to dust. I do not want to be bound by the seasons and have to live underground again. I want to be free to move around the desert whenever I desire, like you, like Coyote. Then he whispers her name. A tremendous silence replaces thunder. Oh, she said, opened her eyes. The light is very harsh. I have a bad taste in my mouth. I do not like being so close to this muddy frog. I will put him back outside and shut the door. Coyote's eyes were bright. If you like, I will polish off that little frog up in one little mouthful of breakfast. You must keep your purpose clear and be aware of illusions. You were dancing in the rain when your vision became hazy. You lost your step following his thunder trail. First Raven asks, Was it really the thunder trail that clouded her senses? She called the rain and along came the frog. The frog gained entrance to her home and awakened her desire. He called her name. She should not answer every knock at her door. This frog is unnatural. He desires to escape nature, to dance here, even when the desert winds blow away all moisture, and it is not his time. Well, said Second Raven, she might have known that. Now she knows better. Maybe Grandmother Jaguar will bring her the new name she needs. Always the opportunist, First Raven asked. And a new gold ring? After the storm, the morning sky was infinitely blue. Sunlight reflected jewels scattered on the young corn plants. Coyote followed the shaman as she walked around her moist garden. He listened as she recounted her night's activities. The frog has vanished, gone back into the rain and the mud. It is peaceful again. I like the new name Grandmother Jaguar gave me. Clarity. It carries a good message. I intend to become as it suggests, pure and transparent. The less said about last night, the better. Now the path to Arroyo Los Abuelos is no longer slippery. I will go for a walk. Coyote yawned. He had been up all night, and now it was past his time for his afternoon nap. Thinking about that frog reminded him that he was still a little hungry. I let breakfast get away. I should have snapped him up with one bite. Perhaps there will be another time when he will come by again. Then we will see. After all, I am Coyote, the great trickster, and the desert belongs to me. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported. If you go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com, you can find our Patreon support button. Click it and become an active supporter of this podcast.